You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. We got two-thirds of the trio back today. Couldn't get all of them, but we got one. Nada joining us back at the GetHimmer.com studios here in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit GetHimmer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Doug having to go to Nashville, I believe, for his brother-in-law's wedding. If I'm not I, I, he, didn't, he, he never really cleared this with me. All I know is that I was involved somehow. And that's all. You were involved how? Like, I'm here minding the shop. Oh, that's right. It. You, you were going to have to be the guy to run everything behind the scenes. Yeah, I think Doug said. Yep, brother-in-law's wedding. Nashville tonight. Nashville's a good time. You ever been to Nashville before? I've never been to Nashville. I want to go for the hot chicken because, again, you, you know <laughs> right? my, again, me and food, like, Peanut butter and jelly. The hot chicken is very good there. I went for the first time. I know it's the bachelorette city capital of the world. Everybody goes <laughs> for their bachelorette party. We went for our bachelor party. It was me. It was one of my boys. He took us all over there. And it was a good time. Not exactly my scene. The of hot course. chicken was fantastic. But we found the one place in the world that was playing some hip hop for us on a rooftop bar out of the... I, if you've been to Nashville, you know, there's so many bars up there. The rooftop bar thing is the thing to do. And there's a lot of country music playing. Oh, my God. Which, not a fan of. I'm, I'm cool with being a part of the atmosphere for a little while, and that's fine. And, and my boys are big country music fans, so we went. I'm but sorry. We found, well, we found one. You found I, one. It was in, it was somewhere, it was like a magnet. I was a bloodhound sniffing out some <laughs> kind of rap music, and I found the hip-hop. We got up to the club. And that was a good time. That's good. That's always good. We, we found the one place there in Nashville, but it's a good time. So, Doug, I don't know if Doug is going to be sniffing out the hip hop club. The, of the course, club's not. hitting out the music, but he's we'll going to be finding some quiet place to read a book. He's <laughs> going to. He's just, he just wants to turn off the lights and uh, cuddle up in his road and watch Glenn Close movies. That's exactly what Doug. That or play. <laughs> that or play a switch. Doug, yes, he is a big switch player. So, Doug, hopefully, he has fun up there in Nashville. But we appreciate Nada joining us once again today. I did not do the top Charlotte Hornets of all time list a part of last show on Tuesday because, again, what is that list without Nada giving me some kind of help for whatever <laughs> selection I've got? So we've got Nada back in. We've got the top Charlotte Hornets list of all time. We've got that back on today's show. We want to get Nada's takes on the schedule that was released last Friday. A week now has passed. It's all been able to be digested by all of us here, and uh, we'll get Nada's takes on that as well. Also, some emergency Hornets performances, talking yeah. about some moves that were made really in the last couple of days or so by the Charlotte Hornets. So thought it'd be fun to kind of go to the last result or the last resort, I should say, from so uh, for some Charlotte Hornets teams that had some injuries yeah. and were looking deep into the bag of somebody to try to contribute at different positions. So once again, thanks for joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Let's start off with that schedule, Nada. Let's get some of your takes on this. Uh, number one thing that was noticed by you when scrolling through the schedule October all the way to April. They better get their wins in early. That was the first thing. And then I started looking at the schedule, and it became a, oh, my God, <laughs> they really do need to get this in because there's a lot of stuff in early October, early November. Like, they're probably starting the first five games out sub-500 when you start looking at it. I, I looked at October, and I thought it was pretty apparent they needed to get off to a good start, just yeah. as you're alluding to, in October. And I went through this pretty in-depth on Tuesday 
But October, they play the Heat twice. They don't play them again until March. Exactly. They play the Chicago Bulls twice. I mean, Maybe if you like the Bulls, then okay. They play but, Philly twice. But, but it's a team that you should be able to beat. They play Toronto in there, I believe, in October as well. And they do play Philly twice. So there are a couple of games that are tough, but they need to get off to a good start in October. We've talked about November. I believe they can still do some uh, a pretty decent job in November. They play Cleveland twice that month. They play Philadelphia twice in November. So they play them once in October. They play Philadelphia twice in November. They play Oklahoma City a couple of times. Yep. They've always defended Russell Westbrook well under Steve Clifford. That was something I pointed out yesterday. But again, I agree with you. Early, they they need to get off to a good start because you mentioned December, I believe, tweeting out. Yeah. January is a gauntlet with that West Coast road trip coming. It's not the toughest road trip in the world, but... A road trip is always going to be a gauntlet when there's six games in a row that you're having to go out there on the West Coast. And you do have to play Boston to end that up at TD Garden, Milwaukee at the end of that month as well. So December, January, that's when it starts to get a little bit tougher. No, it gets real. It gets really real really fast. And the thing that scares me the most about this team right now is that there are so many new pieces, moving parts, that if they start off slow... We're going to be talking about wholesale changes possibly with the roster, not with the coaching staff, not with the GM, but with the roster come December if they do not finish above 500 because I don't see any way, especially with what, 21 games in January, like 21, I'm sorry, no, 26 road games after starting in January? Yeah, there's a lot of road games once you start to get to that point. And again, you go to, at first you look at April and you think the last three games, Detroit, Cleveland, Orlando, you like them going against Detroit because they could possibly be in a control-your-own-destiny situation. Yeah, You like them going against Cleveland, but it's the same thing, possibly a control-your-own-destiny situation, mm-hmm. trying to get a playoff spot. And then they finish up at home against Orlando. Problem is, you're going against Toronto, New Orleans, Utah, the three games previous to that. Yep. And you've got Detroit and Cleveland on the road, those two games, two of the last three games. It, it's going to have to be some early production for them and then to try to stay afloat. If you can get some kind of winning record in the first half of this season and then in the second half, you know, struggle to at least stay close to 500, then that could possibly be your playoff path. That is, that's, that's it right there. But if you don't, right. If you don't, if you're then don't, you're going to leave the door open for Cleveland or Detroit to take that from you. Not even that. If you don't, I will say this definitively, and I'll probably be wrong. <laughs> If you're not in a really good position by January, this team can start looking at trading Kemba Walker. Well, and that's that's one thing you wonder what this team, the direction they're going to take. You mentioned the new pieces, which, again, they didn't mess with a whole lot of their core, but there are some new guys coming off the bench. And, of course, it's the new system. That and new roles. Because remember, these roles are all up for grabs except for two. Well, and Nick Batum alluded to it in a tweet pretty yep. early on, telling us that you're forgetting my natural position is the three. And now with Malik Monk kind of getting a lot of praise from Borrego and company, possibly putting somebody else there at the two, maybe a Jeremy Lamb. I've seen a lot of love for him possibly getting the start early this season. Does Nick Batum get moved to the three? Talking about different roles, that seems to be one big one that could be changed. That is here. that is one big change. And people, again, it's either Malik or it's going to be Jeremy Lamb. It's going to get interesting. And with the way these roles are going to fluctuate and the way that nothing is really defined up until training camp, they have an idea. But until training camp starts, no one really knows anything. All you can do is work as hard as you can. 
this is where it's going to get interesting. And if they start falling on their face early, they're not going to catch up. That schedule is entirely too hard, especially with the 15 back-to-backs, which is one of the league highs, I believe. It is tied for the league high. They are tied, I believe, with the Wizards and the Knicks for the most back-to-backs in the the NBA. And the strength, the strength of, of schedule. You mentioned them. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty packed at that part of the schedule, right? It's pretty packed in the back end of once you look at it in its entirety. They have again twenty rest advantage games, games where they are on more days rest than their opponent. That's tied for seventeenth in the league, so average. They have eighteen. There, excuse me. They have eighteen rest disadvantage games, which is good for eighth best in the league. So decent there. Nothing, I think, that's too eye popping, but something to take note of when you look at the season. The Hornets. It's a little bit interesting on the back end. They've they've got to start to put some stuff together right when the season starts. Up. Exactly, and this is where, and I hate to give these guys credence. This is where the now, granted, it's all in hindsight, but this is where that we maybe should have tanked this year. Guys might have had a point. Well, and that becomes with Kimba Walker, too. It, it kind of falls into that same yeah. type of argument. If we should have tanked that year, then do you right? Do you, do, you t- do you trade Kimba Walker at the beginning of this season? Or in the summer. Than, or this summer, just whenever, right? When his value was at least being, being at its high or when everybody else was looking to maybe get a chance to get Kimba Walker, maybe trying to trade some Kimba Walker for a trade, but right before the draft. No, you're right. I mean, we'll we'll see how it all plays out at least. Again, but it doesn't look good. It, it I doesn't mean, look we'll, good. We'll see. You're right. Like the, the second half, but, you know, I, everybody feels good when the schedule's released. Though. Of course. I mean, everybody feels decent when it's released because you're at your most hopeful. You're at your most hopeful for the team that you cheer for. I, it, it depends on how well they do the first half. If they do well the first half, then we'll see what the Hornets decide to do. But with this team in particular, it is a team that is trying to figure out which direction they want to go in. And they it is one of the more interesting teams, I would think, that you have to pay attention to at the deadline to yeah. see if another NBA team wants to come in and use Kimba Walker as a rental. Yeah, especially if Brooklyn really wants to just get that fifth year with him. And I think, the, again, they're not going to be good, but they can offer that fifth year as bait as to keep him, that's when things get really interesting because Bird Rights and then Clay Thompson, all those other guys come in. That's where all this stuff gets like interesting yep. going forward. Possibly sending Kimba home either to Brooklyn or New York. Both teams, you would think, do get interested in him at some point. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We have podcasts on every, nearly every team in the NFL, NBA, MLB, and fantasy sports. Just search your podcast app for Locked On and your team to get more podcasts. We'll come back with plenty more. Walker Mail, Nada Edwards here on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs> now, here's the funny part. I was listening to this to prep it for the show, and um, my wife walks in and was like, what are you yeah. listening right to? That's a little scary cool. if, if you don't have the context. If you walk in and you start hearing that, yeah. that's Darth Vader. I didn't have pants on. That didn't help <laughs> yeah, either. No, that's... Um, it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Some minor news taking place yesterday with the Charlotte Hornets. They released a guy from their roster. They released Mango Mathiang, 
who was signed to a two-year contract with Charlotte, and he signed with them on August 2nd, 2017. He didn't do much for the Charlotte Hornets, just appeared in four games. He just averaged a couple points and two and a half rebounds in the five minutes that he had per contest. He appeared in 43 games for the Hornets with their G League affiliate. The Greensboro Swarm had him averaging at 11 points, close to 10 rebounds, 9.2, one and a half blocks, 1.1 assists and a little over 25 minutes per game when he was there with the G League team, the Greensboro Swarm. After waving Matthew, now the Hornets roster stands at 19 with a couple of the other guys that yeah. they've signed this offseason. Chile guy to a 10-day contract, or excuse me, the exhibit contract. That exhibit 10, yeah. Exhibit 10, not 10-day. Exhibit 10 contract that they have. Also bringing in Isaiah Wilkins for camp, heading there as well. So a couple of those guys on the roster still. We'll see what they decide to do with them. But Nada, Mango Mathiang, no longer a part of this team as it stands now. Very underwhelming guy. Um, I never really fully understood what they saw in him in the first place. He didn't show much in these games. And I kind of understand why they got rid of him. I just don't understand the timing. The timing is the thing that I would agree with. Because Mango Mathiang, you you said it best. He was underwhelming. It was somebody that you knew probably he just didn't look like an NBA player really in any regard. Anytime that he would be brought up, it's not like somebody that felt you saw feel comfortable out there among other NBA players. And even in the summer league, summer league, summer I league think should was, have been it. Summer league was, I think, all you needed to see because yeah. you saw a lot of good performances from decent. Even Joe Cheely had his moments in summer league. Yes, even JP Makura, a guy they have currently on a two day on a two way contract, he had his moments in summer league. You can't say that about Matthew Yang. And no. you can say that about almost every single other player that got any kind of run. That Again, that's what never made sense to me about Mango Matthew Yang and never made sense to me about Marcus Page. And now both are gone. And the thing that, again, we, me and you were talking about before the show, the timing to this is the most suspect part. Because all the guys that you were going to get are now gone. So, all of them. So now the guys that were a little bit more interesting that could have been had out there because other teams were making these moves a little bit earlier. I don't know. Again, I'm not paying attention to the other teams as much with these two-way contracts being signed, but I don't think you see these guys being signed a whole lot. Um, and it seems like the Hornets are a little late to the party and finding some of these guys that can be a safety valve going forward into the season. As the only one I can say this, they were on CP time with this one. <laughs> they, they did not... They were not urgent at all no. when waving Mango Mathieng. And uh, we'll see if Mango gets picked up on any other NBA franchise, but I doubt it. Just never looked the part in any place. He'll uh, be fine in Europe. Yeah. He'll be fine and in that's, Europe. And that's all right. Go secure the bag over this, overseas. That's not it's not a big deal. But again, it was funny because it led to a conversation off air when we were discussing <laughs> the rundown. Like, what are the most emergency press the button? We need somebody to fill in for a position because we are – badly injury ridden right now somebody that just had to come in and play for the Hornets what is some of those biggest moments that you could remember in the past couple of years we thought of some pretty decent ones that were yeah. hey press the button mayday we need somebody at least to just fill a body fill a jersey out there on the court hey Marcus Page is on this list Marcus sadly. Page is on the list Marcus Page is one of these guys on the list and all the Carolina guys are going to be really upset at me for calling him an emergency guy because there's some of them I don't think I hope not I, I, I was a Carolina not. fan I am a Carolina fan and you can't knock that. I mean, Marcus Page didn't get any run, so he's certainly a guy that I think you would. But he put played there. in some minutes where we where he needed to soak up some minutes, and it was just <laughs> like, why are we doing this? I, I remember, but my favorite, the one that instantly comes to mind is I remember when they were suffering some injuries down low, and they had to call up Mike Toby, 
and yeah, Mike Toby, Mike Toby, it was bad. Mike Toby came in. He played for the against the Toronto Raptors. That was the first game he played. Yeah, on the road against Toronto, and Charlotte was trying to go up there and get a victory. And Mike Toby plays 11 minutes, 27 seconds, and gets his field goal. Gets his one field goal, but that's it. He would go on to play just one more game for the Hornets, and it was the game right after that against Detroit. Didn't and they, that was didn't done. they trade for Miles Plumley like right after that too? Uh, they might. It would have been around that time where they were trading for a big guy and Mike Toby. So maybe it looks like a week after that Toronto game. It might have been the game right before All Star break, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, a couple of years ago. But again, Mike Toby was one guy that we thought of. Christian Wood was somewhat of a guy that. Had his place on the roster, yeah, but he was an emergency fill-in. I remember he had a good game against the Clippers, I believe, two years ago. He did have a good game against the Clippers. The thing, the thing with Christian Wood, and Christian Wood is, I believe, with the Bucks. Right he was. Now. I don't know if he was released, but I did see that he was with the Bucks. No, I still, saw it in summer league. Okay. No, he, he's still with the Bucks right now, which is so Milwaukee-like, yeah. right? Like here's a here's a. a Decently young, athletic, really mobile guy. guy. Uh, let's just let's just take a flyer on him. He's perfect up there in Milwaukee. That was somebody we thought of, and probably the best emergency guy that actually gave you some sort of substance every now and then. Job Johnny, Johnny O'Brien. O'Brien, Johnny O'Brien, Johnny on the spot was a guy that when you needed him, I don't know if he would stand up every single time, but he gave you some memorable performances. I think we can all remember the, the Denver Den- game. The Denver game Denver is what game. comes to mind the most, where he comes in. Was it like fifteen or seventeen points that he comes exactly in? off the bench? He was for a while. He was their best big late. Now, granted, <laughs> yes. it was a thirty-win team, but that's so it's not saying much. But he was a really good big, and the, the fact that he hasn't been able to stick. Is kind of sad. Well, it, it feels again. He does feel more emergency like, but he did have his spot on the roster. Job never saw a shot shot he didn't like, either. and never saw a de- guy that he could defend. Either. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true, and that's why he's an emergency guy. So it's fun to go back and think. I can't think of anybody else. I think we hit on everybody at least recently, the last couple of years that stood in. I mean, Corey Higgins couple- comes to mind. Oh, Corey. H- well, you're starting <laughs> to go back a little bit more. I wonder why he was on the team all those couple. Uh, of years. I don't. I have no idea. Is there any tie to the Charlotte Bobcats? No, it's not know. like his father was one of the <laughs> oh maybe oh maybe i guess that's true but no nah, he got in on skill alone for sure all right we'll take a quick break we'll come back with more uh we'll come back with the 13th best charlotte hornet best charlotte bobcat of all time not as gonna fill in for doug with the best beer of all time this is the best part about him having his list that he copied off the internet now do you have free reign to switch it as you want like or are you, are you going should. to mess are you gonna mess this up no i feel dirty if you do it but i, I kind of want to cause the chaos a little bit i'm playing the there's not not not, not is not with me in studio here, so I feel like I need to fill both chairs and be the chaos creator. No, no, well, you know what? <laughs> you know what? We'll find out. Let's we'll find out. We'll find out. I, I feel dirty though doing it. If Doug's listening, I'm sure he's. Pretty oh, he'll he'll be right listening now. once this comes up. So. He doesn't want to met with his list slash Matt McKenzie's list. We'll do that. Also, a tribute to a a luminary that we lost today in the music world. So again, we'll come back with all of that today and more on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. Now that we have this question, I got. I, I feel like I need to ask this. Mm-hmm. Are y'all sweet potato pie folks or you pumpkin pie folks? Pumpkin pie folks. Sweet potato folk. Pumpkin pie. Sweet yeah. potato. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for as little as $1 a month. 
You can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. You can get double entries into our contests and access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. All right, Nada, you want to lead us off? You want to give us the now what is edited to be not only Matt McKenzie's list, not only Doug's list. Not only Doug Branson's list. But my list. But we get Nada Edwards' list in here as well. It's a big mess over there. Doug, why don't you tell us the 13th best Charlotte beer in the history of the Queen City? You know what? I'm going to stick with the list as as it is. That's we're gonna we're gonna move. we're gonna protect the integrity of this list yeah, as little a, of it, it's it, all about as, the integrity yeah, of the game. Man. All about integrity. We are in te- we are people of integrity on locked on hornets. So I'm gonna keep with that. Thank you. So number 13. Let's let me go find the sounder. Yeah, right it's, quick. it's not as right. We have to find the sounder because it does make the list. It go does ahead. Make the list. Go ahead. Nada. But the number 13 beer, Charlotte best beer. Blurred is the word. I like the name. I, like I, don't, the name. I can't say I've ever had it. I don't know. Have, do you want to be honest with this? Have you ever had it before? No, I have not. You know why? Why because it's another one of these beers that is available at various times <laughs> which, of the year. Which is your, is your biggest problem with it. Yes. Why Again, why are we putting these beers that I can't sample at any given time? We are getting to close to the top 10 in both lists now. Yes. And you would think now when you're starting to get to the top 10 of the beer list that we start we need to start being able to have full access to these beers year round. Exactly. Once and you hit top 10, it's about that time. Like if Doug knew this and Doug had seen this list. Couldn't we have done this list like you do your 30 and then we do the, the their 30 or Doug does his 30 during the season? Like that way we could at least have these quote, quote unquote seasonal beers that we can't find anywhere. All right. They're like the gooch from like different strokes. All right. What do we have? Uh, do we have a summary on why the what is it? Blurred is the word. Do we have a summary on why that's yes, the, we do. the best? Another tremendous New England style IPA from head brewer Eric Mitchell. The mosaic and azcaca hops remind again result in a tropical fruity treat. So it's a tropical beer. Yeah, tropical. I'm not a big fan of tropical beer and stuff like that, though. I don't know. Are you a big fan of that? I am part West Indian, so yes. Okay. So, but the big thing about this is it's got to be done right. And for tropical stuff, I don't trust too many people in Charlotte, to be quite honest. <laughs> I need the list to go try these different beers. I want to feel. I want to at least try all these beers that are on the list now. If we're going to be about it, if it's going to be on our show, yeah, we got we got to try this. And you know, we need to enjoy this with the people. We need to at least somewhat. Sure, we got to set this up to be with the people that so that they can educate us on why these beers are good and why they're not. And yada yada yada. Absolutely, we need to start getting on it. All right, so we'll go to the thirteenth best Charlotte Hornet slash Charlotte Bobcat of all time. Last was David Wesley coming in right before Jamal Mashburn. That was the last pillar of anger I think we've had. Yes. We, we ran the the road stops that we've had, the exits that we've taken off to sheer anger from either listeners or Nada himself. Yes. We got to – did we did we get anybody that was a real pillar? Maybe Marvin Williams at 28. Marvin Williams was like, absolutely one. It, it, Marvin Williams and uh, other – Matt Geiger is the other. Matt, well, Matt Geiger is, is the big – well, Derek Coleman. Derek Coleman we got to. You knew – you were cool with Derek Coleman. I was cool with Derek Coleman being there. And The listeners you, – you knew the listeners were going to come at me for that one, as I, as I, uh, as I did as yeah. well. Uh, Matt Geiger coming in right here as well. And then MASH. 
MASH was the next big one. I was cool between Geiger and Mashburn for the most part. Yeah. And people didn't like MASH when he was revealed at 15. How angry are people going to be so I can let them know? I think, I think okay. I, at this point, I don't know anymore. I'm a little gun shy, as care. I said. But you shouldn't care. I don't, but I really don't think so at this point. I think, I think people are going to be okay with this one. We'll see. How many more anger pillars are there so I can properly promote this? Um, I knew Mashburn people were going to have a problem with. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's going to be any huge problems anymore. Like, I think we might go a decent amount before we get to the... Maybe, maybe we have one or two. There's a couple of guys in my head that people might have problems with. Oh, no. But I think we're going to be okay for this one. Okay. So at least we'll take a deep breath here. So, the 13th best Charlotte Hornet slash Charlotte Bobcat of all time. Oh, wow. A little early with the trigger. That was No, that was, that was a really sensitive trigger. <laughs> I didn't realize that. And we'll play it again. It's going to be Ameka Okafor. Where are we on this one? Thirteenth best Charlotte Hornet of all time. No, Ameka is he too? Is it too low? He's way too high. Way too high. So you He's should have had way him. too. So high. You sh- you're saying I should have mentioned him already? Yeah. Okay. Here's here's why. Yeah. Here's why I got love for Ameka before. He's a guy that does have some hardware, winning a Rookie of the Year award for this Bobcats team. He had the five years with the team. Mm-hmm. He was the best player on the team, despite it being some bad teams. It was be- well, Gerald Wallace Ooh, when he comes in. No. Gerald, Gerald Wallace was the better player. But Ameko Okafor, at least second best. You're right about Gerald Wallace. I, I was forgetting about Gerald beyond that team. But Ameko Okafor, it's a guy that was at least second best on those teams. Every single every single season had at least 10 rebounds. Every single season at least scored 13 points for you. He got better field goal percentage-wise as his years went on. It was The second year was somewhat bad, but again, he only played 26 games that second year. He played 82 games the last two years of his career here in Charlotte. It was somebody, again, that you had to embrace at first. Like People liked Emeka Okafor at the very beginning of the franchise because he was our guy. I feel like there is a little bit of sentiment here with Emeka Okafor. There's a production, too. I don't want to get it twisted. The guy, no, was, the guy, able was, to, the guy was able to produce for us, but there is a little bit of sentiment here. I can see how people might want Jamal or David a little bit before Emeka Okafor, but the guy was doing it. Yes, he had crash, but there was not a whole lot of other help on that Charlotte Bobcat team, and he was somebody that you could at least look to as someone who was decent for this team, someone who was actually he was pretty good. I mean, it's a guy averaging a double-double. And rookie again, of the year. Again, he gets hardware. Hardware does get you a little bit higher than some other people that don't have it. Emeka comes in at number 13 on my all-time list. I will say this in defense, a lot he gets crapped on and unfairly at times for not being Dwight. I will give you that. Which I right. I mean, and Dwight I, Howard was the number one overall pick. It would have made sense yeah. to get Dwight at the time. If, and he if, had some legendary games. I remember the Kobe game. Remember, Kobe scored fifty and lost. Right. <laughs> it's, People keep forgetting Omeka had a big game that night. Yeah, Omeka Okafor. He's had some really nice nights for this team. I, and I just think again, it was somebody you could buy into here in Charlotte. Yes, when there wasn't anything else to buy into, and. He delivered. I, it, it wasn't the second overall pick worthy, but Emeka was it, a guy that you could buy into. For when this you team. look at the history of the second round, second pick in this draft, in the draft, it was it's on par, if not above average. Well, Ben Gordon was third overall, if I'm not mistaken, exactly, right? and that turned out to be. Okay, it humble turned out yourself, to be one of the worst. Well, hum- humble well, yourself. Well, it used to be. I mean, he You're was, not getting that reference, are you? What were you talking about? Oh, humble myself. Did he yeah. say that something like that? He said that to Mike Dunlap. I don't remember that. 
You got to look up the story. It's so I good. I don't remember Ben Gordon saying that. All I remember about Ben Gordon is him being a, a completely useless player here in Charlotte. Oh, he loved Amelie's though. <laughs> did you see him at Amelie's? Yes, I did. Times? I worked at Amelie's. He, he would come, him and Ramon Sessions would come in all the time. Well, that's a good story. What they ordered? Do you remember? They they ordered like no, they'd be like, okay, I want this from this case. So they, they ordered a lot. They didn't know the names, but they'd order everything. Did Ben Gordon get fat? Did he ever get chubby? Am I wrong about that? He did. He did. I was about to say in Charlotte, he got a little chubby. So maybe it was you feeding him. It's all about you feeding him all those pastries at all. Again, then y'all going to start and blame me for Boris Diaw. And I just will not have that. No, that's true. We are going to blame you for Boris Diaw getting fat. But Emeka Okafor coming in at 13 on the scale of of one to five, on the scale of one to Jamal Mashburn, one to Matt Geiger. How big of a problem do you have with Emeka being 13? Four and a half. Oh, that big? He's too high, Walker. Who would you have put? You would put Jamal. I'd have put Jamal easily. David Wesley. David Wesley. I think he's like he belongs on this list. He does belong on this list. Well, of course he belongs on the list. I'm not sure he's top 15 though. Top 15 here. So David Wesley. Yes. Jamal Mashburn. Yes. Bobby Phils. Yeah. Bobby Phils is head of America. Yeah. And and I get that. Rex Chapman. Chapman is is the cutoff. Chapman is absolutely. So you've the got cutoff. three. You've got three. And the next one is Eldon Campbell at 18. Eldon, hell no. But I, again, he belongs <laughs> on this list. I, I'm let me not. Well, you're saying Eldon should be ahead of Emeko no. or should not? Okay, right. He, so that's so yeah. you're pretty comfortable with the three like guys. Top being fifteen, cut off. I'm uncomfortable. Top twenty, absolutely. See, this is what I love about this list, though. This is what I love about Rank Radio that makes everybody just run around with fire on their head. Is that we named three other guys and <laughs> you're acting like it's the worst thing I've ever done? Like we named three guys that was the cutoff. Emeka coming in at thirteen, and you're having a problem with three. Phils, Mashburn, and Wesley, and everybody run. That's what I love about sports radio. He's too man. high. Yeah, people. It's it's the, it's the three spots. Oh, it's four and a half out of five. But it's just three guys that you would have yes, ranked behind. Yes, because again, you know how I am. I do know how you are. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and it bothers and, me. And this isn't this isn't just you. This is everybody that listens to this podcast. It's everybody that listens to sports radio yes, in general. Exactly. Oh, that's he's the thirteenth best, not the fourteenth. Off with Walker's head. That's yeah, how it yes, goes. Yes, yes. That's how. And they have go. again in this one. Like I said, I love Emeka. I love Emeka. I think he was unfairly run out by Larry Brown. He's too high. Larry Brown was an interesting case. Larry Brown. No, you're right. Larry Brown was the worst thing that happened. To this I'm willing. Franchise. I'm willing to get that argument about Mash and Mash again, though. Just the one and a half years. Here I we know. go with that. Here we go with that argument again. David Wesley. I there's a reason David Wesley was right before Emeka. That was the one that was a little interesting to talk about and, and try to decipher. But again, Emeka Okafor coming in as the 13th best Charlotte Hornet of all time. And real quickly, not. I know you wanted to mention this, and I want to as well. Aretha Franklin passed away today tragically at the age of 26 and we knew this was going to come it looked like at least had a feeling it was going to come from the news that we had gotten in the last couple of days with her being in hospice her being surrounded by family and friends so it does seem like she did go peacefully at least all the reports are mentioning but not i know this was near and dear to your heart with aretha franklin passing away today the queen of soul a pioneer as a singer not i want you to take it away honestly the big thing about aretha franklin is that if you had an aunt that again, I have a couple of aunts. I, matter of fact, my father is one of like nine children on his side, on his side of the family. All my aunts listen to Aretha Franklin and the soul. And again, if you were growing up in the eighties, you couldn't help but hear Aretha. You think of the Blues Brothers in that song. You better think. And I should not be singing on this, but you know what I just did. That's <laughs> all right. It's, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> but you have all these soul songs. You have the person that she was 
you have all these live albums and some of these albums you should be talking again. You should be listening to right now, right after you listen to this podcast. Don't fight the feeling is her three night album over at Fillmore West. It's her. It's Billy Preston. It's King Curtis of Stax Records. And that King Curtis band is one of those one of the most underrated bands. It's with the Motown house band. How good they were. And Aretha Franklin, to put it like to sum it up in really short point that I probably should have done a lot sooner. She is probably the greatest female American voice, if not the greatest American voice. And she is a world luminary and we're going to miss her. Uh, And it's again, Aretha Franklin passing away today. I don't think there's any, any pushback on that kind of statement when you consider her to be one of the best female vocalists of all time. Like Mm -hmm. you don't see a whole lot of pushback on that, which goes to show you how great she was. And my connection to Aretha Franklin was growing up with a single mom mm-hmm. all through elementary school, middle middle school, of course, until you start to figure out your own music and your own likes once you get to high school. But as your mom and your father really have a big influence in your musical taste, my mom served to that as a as a channel through Aretha Franklin. And my first three CDs I ever bought in my entire <laughs> life with my own money, it was... Aretha Franklin's greatest hits. Yes. It was Marvin Gaye's greatest hits. And it was just so happened to be put in there as the outlier within this. Jay-Z, the blueprint to the gift and the curse. <laughs> like it was just hey, a, hey, mo- hey, hey, it that, was a, it was a hot talk again. One of these days, because we have a whole bunch of August, uh, August and September to get through. Right. We can be talking about some more music. This yeah, yeah, absolutely. And blueprint to, if it was cut down to one disc. Yeah. And it bugs me. Yeah. Jay Z, there are people hate on that. Like, I, I've got I've got a pretty hot take. I'm not going to share while we're paying. No, do, it, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. It's, it's, do it. I, I think I think the Nas Jay Z beef, mm-hmm. people want to go in and say that Nas destroyed Jay Z. Oh, no, he didn't. I'm telling you. No, he didn't. Jay Z had some fire back for Nas that people want to sleep on. Because, again, this, you're taking me off. I'm trying to pay tribute to Aretha, <laughs> Nada. This is Aretha's day, and you're trying to get me to spill all these hot takes about Jay Z. But that, those are the first three CDs I ever bought, and it's because of the influence of my mom. And again, having Aretha Franklin be one of the first CDs I bought, listening to The House That Jack Built, listening to all the greatest hits again that everyone knows about, it's, it has a special place, I believe, in everyone's heart. And again, you can go back to two years ago. When she gave that rendition of the national anthem on Thanksgiving Day, and you could go all throughout Twitter, the Twitterverse, I don't care if Aretha took four minutes of your time before that game to sing the national anthem. Everybody stood for freaking Aretha Franklin. No, you have to. That was like literally, that was her ability. She could take 10 minutes, sing a two minute song have so many ad-libs in it, and you'd still be captivated. Everybody, and it it was not one of those moments that everybody was saying, okay, let's go ahead and hurry up with the game. That was Aretha, damn it. Like, you you stand up and you listen to Aretha, and that's how it was with everybody. And Bomani Jones making a couple of good points as he is so well-tuned into the music world, as as has some of the best music takes out there. Certainly one of the smartest people when it comes to that world. And Bomani talking about a guy, uh, a girl, excuse me, that was one of the best shade throwers in also the history of mankind. And nobody could come back at her because everyone knew as far as singing goes, nobody was better than her. And so Aretha Franklin, not selling sex, not selling that particular part of it as a whole but everybody tuned into Aretha because she could sing better than everybody else they'd ever heard and so for her to pass away today at the age of 76 that's a tough one man like you that that's one that you can look back to and say you know what I remember when she died and that was tough because everybody that that's one that shakes the nation a little bit that's it's Prince think about it Prince was yeah Prince Bowie Aretha 
Like, we're losing a lot of good ones. And one more thing. How many covers did she do that she just basically made her own song? That they were hers? Right. It's You forget about almost who does the original song at that point. Yeah. So, so thoughts and prayers to all the family out there that are surrounded and the friends that are surrounded by Aretha Franklin as she passes away again today on August 16th, 2018. Uh, thanks again for joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure you're checking out all the Locked On Podcast Network and what it has to offer. Visit LockedOnNetwork.com today to get updated on every team every single day. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Follow us individually at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, at Doug Branson LOH. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you next week. Join us on Tuesday. Once again, Locked On Hornets. See you guys.